right. Boker Tov. Being Eric Yisrael, you got to be in the mood. Uh, so we mentioned last week. Actually, it's surprisingly, um, like he starts his piece in Eretz Yisrael about conditions of making Aliyah. Certainly, he's talking in a contextual setting of, of then, but it, but it's certainly applicable today. Any major life decision, any major uh, thing a person does, which is not obligatory. So. You don't have this cheshbonis about Shabbos, right? Shabbos, we have, we're unequivocal. We don't say, well, if it works for your career, if it makes sense for your wife, you need to keep Shabbos. That doesn't, we, don't, we don't say it like that. Um, we do say these same types of things about koilol, if you want know, a long-term koilol, it's certainly a maila, but, or, or to do certain things, uh, you know, to take on family practices of chumras, or and any kind of chumra, certainly you have to be, be aware of all of the secondary, tertiary, uh, realities of these decisions. We don't say this about kashras, right? We would say if someone wants to eat something treif, uh, we don't make these we, things. But if you're going to keep, I don't know, uh, uh and it's a hardship to your wife or kids, so you'd have to figure out does, does it work for your family or not, right? This obviously was very big, a big decision. It had certainly huge ramifications. And before even talking about the milas that are to so really he stresses who should make Aliyah, under what conditions should make Aliyah, it shouldn't be damaging a person, should end up impoverished uh, materially, which could affect their whole spiritual life. Uh, so just, just to finish off on this topic, uh, uh, he's amazing. Uh, it's finished up on this topic, he, like, you know, he continues to just elaborate on who should make Aliyah before, uh, before even discussing the Maila, the plus of Eretz Yisrael itself. Amiyos Toiv, to be good, expounds your uh, boundaries. Um, to be from a person who uh, walks in Eretz Yisrael according to Hashem, Ben Meshach Halicha, Ben Meshach Shalach Lehem Manos. Uh, to do it in the midst of Rabbi Yechashev, you should be able to walk in Eretz Yisrael to live in Eretz Yisrael. Certainly a tremendous smile. The mitzvah, Rabbi Yechashev, in Emes, Kilifon Nira lo yafahem oisim ha'ochem e'erlier, machbidim al ha'kehilas k'deh shiyasum al-echz Eretz Yisrael. He says, people go ahead and say, make aliyah. And there's not enough people that can't live there as it is. It says, who, it's like, are you crazy? Like, you know, you should do this. And, you know, basically, you're, Jack, you can't come this week. Not doing shit, but next week. You're invited, I'm giving her a formal invitation for next week and every other week. I'm amazed. The rabbi is into goodness and kindness, but now we just... That's it. <laughs> I, in, fact, in fact, the rabbi said, you can't learn Torah this week. I can, don't tell anybody. I, and I'm, a, I'm on. I'm a, no, you're invited for next Sunday. I'm on the record. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I'll have to appease you. We'll send you a video, uh, an audio tape. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, so, so the people t- will encourage him. Money, Aisha, people say, "What are you? What are you doing? Maybe because those me Adam Sheikh, you do all the You're going to put it on other people to to do this. You're going to push this. They can't live it. What are you, going to, what are you pushing people to do this for? Um, 
Hari Kama Gevirim, Kama Rabbanim Goni Olam, Menuchasim Kavar Bachotzarts. Fact is, is um, uh, uh, there are plenty of people who could afford it, so he says, or Gedolim, who never went. Right? He says, even by mitzvahs, if you can't afford a lulav in those days, which was not today, everyone can afford a lulav today, essentially. But in those days, you saw that a whole town would share a lulav. It was too expensive. They, to, get it, to get it to come to Chutzlar, it was very expensive. So there you were a potter. You, you were a potter from doing lulav, which is a mitzvah de rice on day one, right? Not day two, but or actually day two is a suffix, day three it's not, right? If you're part of love, and you, at the same time, you'll be much more impoverished to go to Eretz Israel. And then people are still telling you, go, do this, you should do it, it's amazing. Uh, again, I just want to remind this is talking about then, not necessarily now. Um, you're not obligated to go knocking on doors to, to, to buy a Lulav. It's more than a fifth of your salary, it could cost a lot of money in then, those days. Um, if, it's, if a person wants to do a mitzvah and they're not able to do it, you have that desire. So you get the reward as if you did it at some level. The Amr, the Gemara says in Shabbos, right? as opposed to living a fancy Shabbos, make your weekdays or even your Shabbos call and don't go knocking the door to have chillant. If you have bread and wine, bread and grape juice, even if you have the, the, the old kind of wine, like the old uh, Kedem wine, you can't afford the Chasheva Forgates wine, don't come on to people. Don't make yourself a schlopper that you're going to have to knock on doors to say, I want to live in Itzavimish, Minigua, Muka Lukim Umuna, Matzah Raos, Rabos, and Achinami. He says, if a person's a Nebuch, this is crazy stuff over here, a person's a Nebuch, and the only place that they'll have sympathy is in Eretz Yisrael. <laughs> Right, a lot of bad things in life, and the way he'll be appeased uh, will be to live in Israel. Right, so it's so if it's it's a need where where it is. is a person goes to Israel, and now he can't live, and then they're going to come knocking on your door, support me to live in Israel. I'm living in the Holy Land. I'm, I'm living in the Holy Land. Support me. You have to support me because I'm living here. The person could have made a career in Los Angeles or New York. Or in his day, Bulgaria or Poland, and now they decide to live in Shalayim. They can't afford it. He says you should not have mercy on them. By the way, he's been the Gdoli Hador. And they put themselves in this type of situation. It says, if it's one person from your town who made Aliyah and, and, and he did it, you support him, have Rachamim, he's the person who went. But, uh, we say, uh, even at the poor of Israel is that case, right? Um, because they're, they're, you're like your ambassadors in, in Israel. So if, it's, if, if you have a person uh, <laughs> who's there, and it's one or two, you should support them. Look at what it says, because they're like Tarnagol and Baluleham. These, these Jews who are living in Israel, they can't support themselves. They're like the chickens, chickens in their coop. There's no one who can feed them. There's no, there's no finances there. Again, this is then. This is 130 years ago, what Israel was like, right? 
if you looked, by the way, as I mentioned, the way the Balatanya ended up in jail was they were supporting them. Uh, and they had the pushkas there. You know, some of these, the, you know, they saw what's the, once told me, you know, I saw in the Mary Yeshiva, there's only one minute Yerushalayim. Hachnasis Kala. That was the minute Yerushalayim. So I said, it's Hachnasis Kala, the bath of their kids. If you go to New York, a lot of people, even today, come, that's a, that's a leftover where the reality was to live in Israel. Then, we stress this, then, was poverty. And he says, basically, these are like chickens in a coop. If you don't feed them, they're going to starve. Right? There, there, there's, no, there's no finances. The Turkish government was not going to exactly give them money uh, to, sur- to survive. Um, they're looking to Anayim Chutzar to support them. Ben Leigrus, right? Whether it's the letters and this to be, to get Ben Alamaris, Lahachios Es Nafshim Samechas Libam, happens to be by the 1920s already, the Lithuanian yeshivas. The, 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 and the Polish Jews were not able to support themselves without American Jewry, right? That's why the, many of the Gedolim came here. It, it got to a point that because of the anti-Semitic laws in Poland and Lithuania, those yeshivas couldn't support them. So they had to come to America uh, to, to collect. And there was a worldwide depression and on top of that. Um, and he says when you write them a letter, you should uh, uh, be part of the chesed is to write what's going on in Chutzlaretz. And we make this joy for them, etc. So this is all his prelude to Eretz So I, 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 I suppose why he wrote at length more than this is because there were people who did these things and they suffered. Um, if we talk about Miles, as I mentioned last week, you have to be careful to know your particular situation or things of that sort. Um, I personally know more than one friend who went there and damaged their marriage. Uh, I went there people went to America and damaged their marriage. The point is that you need to be very careful the decisions you make in life, which are not obligatory, which are milas, to take a holistic picture of it, right? What, how is it going to affect your children? How is it going to affect your spouse? What if you go to a place and now you have no parnasa? You know, I, I, you know, I'll, I told this before, I'll, make, I'll just mention this, you know, when I went to law school from University of Pennsylvania, I mentioned on Shabbos the five things you should do and not to make a decision under panic, Right? So one of the things I mentioned is speak to an elder. I'm telling you right now, when I went to law school from Lakewood, from BMG, I was strongly considering staying in Lakewood and commuting to Philadelphia for law school. What flipped me was speaking to my Rabbi Marosha Shiva, when in the daily adore of the world, Rabbi Zella Gepstein Zetzal, blessed memory, was a Golo Shiva Gedolim, where other Rosh Hashivas used to speak to him. Uh, so I said, to, he said, I said to him, should I stay in Lakewood and travel to law school, or should I move to Philadelphia? So he told me uh, the following thing. He's, you know, uh, he said, why would you stay in Lakewood? I said, my wife's happy, my kids are happy. Lakewood was a stronger place of Torah, right? So if uh, so, it's just uh, it was my start to stay there. And he said, how long is the queue to Philadelphia? I said, an hour and a half, hour and fifteen minutes each way, each way. So I said to him. Says to me, uh, do you think you know you could be successful in Philadelphia? You know, if you if you can't go to a situation where it's going to be completely negative, right? So Shmuel Kamenetsky is there, Shalom Kamenetsky is yeshiva. There's a koilo, right? There's davening. There's a good davening there as well. So they for sure should move to, to to Philadelphia. And I was convinced. Most people, many people say stay in Lakewood. There's more Torah in Lakewood. They said no. They said the most important thing for you, your family is that you're growing your Torah mitzvahs. 
right? You think you'll stay in Lakewood, do better, you'll be doing better in Philadelphia. That's what you told me at the time. But my point of saying this is, it's counterintuitive. You would ask a young Rosh Hashiva, oh, Lakewood is the most tired, oh, go to Lakewood, stay in Lakewood, you know, and his response is very different. But because he wasn't just looking at one fact, what people do is they, they, they focus on one, on one reality, right? And they make all of the decisions about that. And they, and they sometimes forget that there's all kinds of considerations. You know, if you're a single person, I remember my first week of marriage, so I spoke to someone today who's a very prominent Rosh Kailal, big Tamil Chokham, and then he was in Kailal. So I said, my wife, wants to do, my, my wife wants to do this. I'm really not interested. He said, it was like, it was Cholam Mayed. Actually, it was my first week. I got married. It was Cholam Mayed, I think. And I, was, I wanted to do something else. So he said to me, he said, when you're married, all your decisions are made with um, your wife and mine. So if your wife wants to do something, it's you want to do something, right? I mean, it's not, no, you're no longer alone. So if you're a single bacher, something, you're, you're deciding for yourself. Once you're married or you have children or you, have to, you need a parnasa, there's all kinds of effects. And where people make a mistake is they, they focus on one thing and they can get really hurt. And that's why he stresses this. It's, I think it just is, this doesn't just apply to making aliyah. It applies to so many things in life that, yeah, you have to think holistically uh, about what you're doing and how it will affect you. Fine. Um, to walk in Eretz Yisrael, amazing. I used to walk in Eretz Yisrael. I was, I was in four years in yeshiva there. You know, and think about this. Ticket and Nefesh. It's a masakin for the, for the sham of a soul. Baruch you're closer to Hashem, to walk in the, in the Holy Land, to breathe the air of the Holy Land. The holiness of Eretz Yisrael. Right? If you're able to focus on Eretz Yisrael. You know, if Dester said that he was able to accomplish in a few weeks, it took him a lot longer in Chutzlar. Sometimes he said years that the Hasagas, he got ain Torah Karat Yisrael, ain Aviro Karat Yisrael. The Eretz Yisrael, and this I've Mashallah said before, you're going with the tide. You go with the tide in, your, in a boat, go much further. If you go against the tide, any, any boaters over here? Any rowboaters? Any canoeists? Try it. What happens if you go against the tide? A lot harder, right? You got to push. Huh? Yeah, it's <laughs> aviation, same thing. It takes an hour longer to get here with the winds. Headwinds, it's now taking four hours to go from Los Angeles to New York and seven to go the other way. Because of the headwinds. Yeah, I mean, you see that, right? Wow, that's pretty crazy. Actually, that's a big difference. Usually it's an hour difference. Right, the headwinds, it, you, you'll still get to your location. You just have to push a lot harder, right? You, you know, you have to, to, to uh, I, I, you know, I saw once that the Chaim Velazhin said about the Grah. He said, it's amazing that the Grah supposedly had a Malach teaching him. So Chaim Malachim said that the Beis Yosef had that. Beis Yosef was living in Eretz Yisrael. It lived almost 300 years earlier than the, than the Gra, 200 plus years earlier. Right? So he said, he, he was telling how, how amazing the Gra was. That in Chutzlar, he was able to get to the same level as the Beis Yosef and have that my love. In Chutzlar, you have to push harder. Misha Yitzchel, like Shem Kadashiyah, I forget to, you're holy. Parashi, I know you're 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 level parashi. Afim here, I said a school. He says, if you live in Eretz Yisrael, you're not living for the physical. So even if you're wealthy, that shouldn't be. Have a, you live in Savioyin, and again, he saw people go there for. Today, people move there for all kinds of reasons. But in those days, if you moved to Eretz Yisrael, you live. People moved, and by the way, 
one of the early reasons um, that there would be a lot of friction in Israel was the original settlers who went there, both from the Sephardic countries and the Ashkenazi countries, were very serious Jews, very holy Jews. They were Tamidi Hagra, students of the Vilna Gain, Tamidi Abesht. They were Sephardim who, you know, the, the Sephardic community was, was there first, really, because the Ashkenazi were kicked out of Yerushalayim for various reasons, not a history lesson right now. So we're very serious. When the early Chalutzim came, the early pioneers came, um, they were not like that at all, right? They were secular. Some of them were anti-religious. Not that the first Aliyah was not particularly anti-religious. The second Aliyah of the, of the Zionist movement was anti-religious. Uh, so there was a lot of friction because you had certain... Imagine the same room, right? In the same room. You, it's not like you, you don't have the middle. It was like really the... the it was like sh- strong-headed people on both sides. That's who came there. That, that, a lot of the history of Israel and the friction would come from that early on of who came there. There were very serious Jews who went to Israel. Some of the Jews that went there were very holy and serious Jews. So he says, if you're going there, you're going there to live like a Yushami. By the way, the ones that came, the Maharal Diskin, who came to Israel, I think in the 1870s, the Besalevi, the Maharal Diskin was, was the Rav of Brisk. And when he left, the Besalevi became the Rav. Okay? The Maharal Diskin came, he came just as a Lithuanian Jew. They didn't let him into Jerusalem. Uh, he became one of the Gedoli Hador in Eretz Yisrael. They didn't let him in until he dressed in the Yushami Lavash. You know, like the Yushami Lavash? They would not let them. Are all this, the, you came to Eretz Yisrael, the expectation was that you were one of them. You, you dressed like Yushami. Right? That's what it was in those days. This is a fact, by the way. Um, so you shouldn't come to Yushalayim. I remember when I was in Lakewood, I was a bucker. When I, when I first got married, to change because so many people came to Lakewood now. You want to have a nice car. It didn't make a difference if your family was a Reichman. Hofstetter, Rechnitz, whatever, famous. Nobody drove with nice cars in Lakewood. You used to drive a simple car in Lakewood. Why was that? Because Lakewood was a yeshiva town. No, you don't come to Lakewood and drive uh, uh, a Porsche. Uh, you know, I remember uh, someone I know got like, a, a, a nice Jeep. Like, you wouldn't think twice. But in Lakewood, it, was, it stood out like a sore thumb because people live simply. That has changed, by the way, because of the mass amount of people that came to Lakewood. But that was, like, well, that was what Lakewood was. You would not allow, you wouldn't, people did not have fancy houses. Today there are plenty of fancy houses, right? But, but that, it meant that if you're an Eretz Yisrael in the 1860s and 70s, you didn't have a fancy house because nobody had fancy houses. You shouldn't be going to Israel. By the way, what does that create if, if people start jacking up their houses and it creates community pressures, mm-hmm. right? So they didn't want that as a reality. Most people couldn't even afford to live. You're going to go there and start living it up? You're going to make people feel whatever. Uh, what? Yeah, uh, okay, yeah. That's that's uh, that's, uh, that's wherever you go. That's, uh, that's the reality. This is this, you know. Most communities have the kinds of marriages. You should learn how to live a life of, of simpleness of He'll teach you how to live like Yushalayim lifestyle. They used to call Yushalayim Shalmaila. Rabbi Teller, who's here this coming Shabbos, his wife's I think on one side. Were from, they were one of the most famous families of old Yerushalayim. I mean, used to tell me, I forgot which family it was, a very, very famous family, right? They were a famous family. They lived Pashita lives, simple lives, uh, where Hashem was the Iker and that was it. He'll teach you how to live Yerushalayim via Bechol Then you'll say you're coming to live Mitzvah Tulius Baritz, Bechol Nafsho, Bechol Moado, Kizakol Priyashavitsa. That's what you're in there. There are two groups today, really, I find. 
in Israel, and, I, and, I, and I'm not saying I, I'm 100% in agreement with either of these camps, but they live really, there are many good Jews who live in Israel today. There are two groups who live with this mysterious nefesh. There's the Starka Kolal group, and again, that's not for everybody, who really live, but Pasha, you go to Kiryat Sefer, you know, they're living simply, you know, uh, I mean, some too simply, like the kids don't have dental care, whatever it is, but there's a mysterious nefesh, there's a Pasha mysterious nefesh. The other group is some of the settlers. I mean, there's the, they, they put themselves in very dangerous situations, and with mysterious nefesh, you know, to, why? Because they don't have Yishev to solve And by the way, whether you agree fully or not, I, I'm, I'm going to agree partially in certain situations and not fully. Uh, the fact is that if, you, you, if it wouldn't be the Jews in Kirat Arba, we'd never be going to tomorrow to Machpelah. If it wouldn't be for some of the Jews that, in part of the land, they would have been given back a long time They would have been gone a long time ago. That's a fact. Okay? Um, Yitzhak Rabin, probably in 1993, 94, they made given up a lot more if it wouldn't have been hundreds of thousands of Jews in those areas, right? I mean, it affects, so there's a mysterious nefesh. You know, when you're living in those kind of situations, there's, there's certainly a mysterious nefesh. For Yish, I'm not talking about Efrat, which is like an uh, American colony, which is also not knocking Efrat. Or, but there are people who mamish live in areas where there are Meister nefesh to, to be. And, and, and again, I'm not saying this is for everyone. I don't, sometimes I think it's absolutely dangerous and reckless. But there, I, I, what I don't question is amongst the, the, the scene of both groups, uh, you know, that there, there's, a lo, there's a level of dedication to Taurus Eretz Yisrael, to Yishev Eretz Yisrael, which is, a, which is very praiseworthy uh, in and of itself. Um, so, Ukvar Ka'asa Ishtar Ha'arav Sefer Charedim, who's a student of the Arizal, how many mitzvahs you get in Israel? In Eretz Yisrael, certainly we know you live in Israel, you get Truma and Meiser and Chalaz Midereis. That's why in Israel, by the way, be very careful, very careful what you eat there. Every not everything that they say is kosher is, is really your level. I mean, there's a lot of star K's over there. You know what star K is? It's like the lowest level of kosher, which is a base level. Right? I'm not saying it's not non kosher, but it's something that most of us wouldn't eat. So you go to the Rabbanut of uh, Patachia and someone in the middle of Galil over there. I just made that up. You know, Patachia. There's no Patachia. You go to Rabbanut Patachia. You know, you could be talking about mitzvahs in the Torah. Very few, off, very rarely do you have, deal with biblical mitzvahs in the products you buy in America. You know why? It's taruvis. You learn where are Perak up to? Uh, we are in Gedanasha. In Gedanasha. Yeah. Coming to yeah, taruvis. Yeah. They get taruvis. Right? It's bittel. It's bittel beroiv. It's bittel b'shishim. All kinds of things. It's reality. It's not a problem. But in Eretz Yisrael, any produce that you buy, any wheat, anything that has wheat. You have major shilas that discuss. You have Shemitah, you have wines being made in Shemitah years, which are big coolers. Really big coolers. Somebody asked me, they bought a bottle of wine recently in America, which is not simple to make Shemitah wine here, anyways. What to do with that? I said, I wouldn't drink it. I wouldn't drink that wine. As a nice Hechshar on it. I wouldn't drink wine that comes from, they sold the land for Shemitah, which held was, was not a good sale, but you can't sell the land of Israel. It's amazing to me. Some of the biggest Tzioinim who would never give back land, all of a sudden Shemitah comes, they, they, they buy Hetzer Mechira, Shugayim, pick, pick it up, either you give back land, or, or you don't sell the land, so you, you believe, you, the same person who says, you can't give back the land, will do Hetzer Mechira, crazy, because they don't want to use Arab produce, so like, it's a stira in bay, it's a pasha stira, either you hold, you can give back land, or you can't sell the land, right, so, my point is, the kasha there, this is very serious. I mentioned the elections in Israel. 
how serious they are. And I mentioned that you know there were gedolei Torahs, and I I have a tremendous akarsatov that we have a state. I think there's a lot of pluses to it. There's also certainly minuses if it's secular. Uh, but one of the minuses is a Eretz Israel. If you have people who sin in the land of Israel, if a Jew eats treif in Israel, if a woman is mechal Shabbos in Israel, if a person goes to the land of Israel uh, and doesn't keep Torah mitzvahs, it's much more serious. What's the difference if a person cheats on their wife in front of their face? When a Jew cheats on Hashem, it's znus, it's adultery. But if you do it in front of your wife, create a mashuga. In front of your wife, you know, in Israel. You sin in Israel, it's much more serious. You sin in Chutzlar, it's outside the palace. Do it in Eretz Israel, you're in Hashem's palace right in front of Hashem. That's not, that's, not, that's not a joke, by the way. This is very serious stuff. You know, if you're in Israel and you sin there, it's much worse. It's much worse to eat treif in Eretz Israel. It's much worse to break the Shabbos in, in Israel. Uh, it's much more serious and egregious to do it there. Now, again, most Jews in Israel do not know better. I'm not coming to talk about individuals. I'm not us. I'm not talking about secular Israel right now. I'm talking about us. Okay? We tend to focus on other people. We worry about us. Right? If you're in Israel, you got to keep the level has to be higher, not lower. You're in the Holy Land. Amazing. Amazing. You're in the palace of Hashem. You're in the palace of Hashem. Contrary, if you go to Israel and you live a holy life, it will be a takana for you. He says, Yom Kippur, for a person, speaks Lashon Hara. Right? It's much work to speak Lashon Hara in Yom Kippur. If you go to Eretz, so by the way, who's going to Israel for Pesach? Lucky guys, it's amazing. It's amazing. But you realize one thing. Your, your, your expectation's higher there. You're not on vacation there. People think, you go on vac- if you want to go on a vacation, go to, go to the, uh, some hotel in uh, Miami. Right? And Eretz Yisrael, you're allowed to do tourist things. Right? But, but you're on a higher level there. You go to Eretz Yisrael, Hashem expects more there, not less. You, want to, you could have Pesach and Aruba, by the way. I don't, Pesach and Aruba is Nish Pesach. Uh, it's Aruba in Pesach, whatever that is. But in Israel, you know, Hashem expects more, not less. Right? Um, you got, I'm not worried about you two. You'll learn Dafyomi, you'll do whatever. But at the end of the day, Ner Tzion, right? Yeah. It's one of my favorite places. Amazing. Right? Yeah. What? But left. Amazing. Right? You, you, but, but if you go to Israel and not do that, it's a serious thing. Uh, know your prayer is better, by the way. If you want to pray, there's no place to pray like Israel. Why is there no place to pray? It goes straight to Hashem. In the Chutzlaretz, it goes to channels. One of the reasons the Ramban says that in the Chutzlaretz is a level of idol worship is because your prayers don't go direct. In Eretz Israel, is, you know, I, I, it goes direct. I always say if you go to Israel, you need to go to Kaisal, you need to go to Kemarach, you're going to pray if you're in the Galil. There's so many places to go. The only problem, with it, the only problem is on Pesach, the Lama Kfarim. You can't go to the Kfarim on Cholamayid, right? So we don't go to Kfarim on Cholamayid, and some we don't go to the whole Nisan, right? That doesn't change in Eretz Israel. The Ninig, not to go to Kfarim in Nisan, is just the same, right? So uh, 
many people wouldn't go to these kfarim uh, throughout Nisan and certainly on Cholamayid not to go to kfarim. What's kfarim? Uh, grave sites. So some of the holiest places in Israel are like Marta Machbela, uh, Kavarachal, Meron. These are all kfarim. Uh, they, these are all burial places. He says, you should know, we, we live through the prayers that are those in Israel because those prayers are the most officious prayers. The greatest prayers are the prayers of Eretz Yisrael. In particular, the prayers of Eretz Yisrael are very holy. Certainly, one of the things I'm, I, I, one of the things I appreciate the most about the prayers of Israel is that the prayers for the base of Mikdash. Because of any place you should be praying for the base of Mikdash. It's Sarah Saul. I'm not going to ask if any of us here ever did Tikkun Chatzos in our life, let alone, let alone this week. But if you go to the Kosal, Chatzos, you can see people saying Tikkun Chatzos. If you go to certain yeshivas and Eretz Yisrael and Chatzos, you can see people saying it. It's an amazing thing. It's, it's a schus for everyone in this room, right? It's a merit for all of us. We all need the base of Megdash. But in Eretz Yisrael, certainly you should be praying for this. Al Kibbutz Goliath. And on the incoming exile, one of the things, you know, I, I, you know, he could be critical and should be of people, but we should all want to learn Eretz Yisrael. The question is, is it the right thing? Everyone in this room should have a cheshbon of learning, living Eretz Yisrael. This is the question, is it, is it intelligent for us in our situation or not? It's a different question. We should all want all Jews to end up in Eretz Yisrael. The question is, is it, the, is it the right thing or not? You know, we can live nuanced. There's nothing about living nuanced in life. Uh, that's the prayers of Eretz Yisrael. And if you do live in Eretz Yisrael, if you are living in Eretz Yisrael, then you have to be constantly happy. How lucky you are. You're in Hashem's palace. Right? You're in Hashem's palace. And you should know any of the difficulties that you have in Eretz Yisrael should be light because it's a kapara for you. You're living in the Holy Land and you should rejoice every day, every moment that you're in the land of Israel. That is his piece in Eretz Yisrael. Those are his words, not mine. Next work, next week, we'll pick up with the power of, the importance of, Amen. Saying Amen.